Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Centerpoint Podcast. My name's Billy. And I'm Lowell. And uh, we're here hanging out with you wherever you're at, hopefully gleaning some wisdom and some knowledge of God's Word and how to apply it to our life. I promise you that today's going to be a good one. Oh, you do? You promise? I do, yes. You ever make a promise? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When I was like in first or second grade, this kid was in, well, we had a bunch of kids in our development, and one kid and I decided that we would make a pact that we would be a uh, uh, a group, a uh, like a, a gang, team, a gang, whatever you want to call what, it. Uh, how old are you? I think we called it a club. Okay. But that was like first or second grade. All right, yeah. And we would have this spot, we had this spot in the woods where it was under this like log where we would put our dues for the club. Okay, all right. And so... I took my twenty-five cents dues and I stuck it in a little a little bag and I put it under the under this log and stuff. And then, like the next day, I went out to when we were supposed to be there, and he wasn't there. He was also a little older than me, by the way, and he wasn't there. And I looked, and the bag was gone, and the money was gone. And uh, I remember seeing him on the walking on the road. I was like, "Hey, man!" Like hollering, "Hey!" But you, you and guys had made a promise to each other. Oh, we made a. It was like a pact that you were going to. We were, were going to be in this relationship, this club. We were okay. you know, like me and him in this club. We'd get other people to pay dues, and then we would like buy stuff with our dues. Who set and, this up? You or um, him? Strangely enough, I think it was him. Okay, he was a little older than you. Just a little older. Yeah, you know. You know what that is? That is a great picture of a covenant relationship. Okay. Now. It ended up getting violated in a major way, but that's what a covenant really is. Still, still think about the 25 cents I lost. (laughs) (laughs) And and now the reason why we're jumping on the covenant is we have arrived at Genesis chapter 12. We've been working through the first Testament Mm -hmm. and seeing what, how God has been faithful to, to his creation and what he has done and his promises that he has made. And we arrive now at Genesis chapter 12 Mm -hmm. and there's a bit of a change that happens here. The Lord has been working. I would say he's been focusing upon all of humanity. Okay. He's had this relationship with all of humanity. Mm -hmm. Of course, there was, I mean, there's been a few times that maybe one person rose to the surface. Right. When I think about from Genesis 1 to what we're going to be talking about today in Genesis 12, really 12 to 15, uh, maybe even even to 17. Yeah, yeah, on to 22. But it seems as if there's like a general talk, discussing the world Mm -hmm. and then inserting an individual in it and then the world and then an individual and then the world. And last week we were in the Tower of Babel, which is really the world. Right. And the descendants from that, and now we're kind of talking about an individual. And, and the Lord kind of does something to all people. Right? Right, right, right. And if you go back a few chapters, the Lord sees that all of mankind is, how does it say, continually, his heart is continually wanting to do evil or something mm-hmm, like that, okay? Mm-hmm. And so God, there's a one person rise to the surface, Noah. But what happens in Genesis chapter 12 is now God looks at all the humanity and he makes a sovereign choice. He chooses one man, and that man's name is? Abram. Abram, and says, I am going to interact with humanity through this one man. Now, it's a little bit different than what happened with Noah. Noah kind of raised the surface as this one individual who was seeking to honor God, but God has chosen Abram now and said, through you, these things are going to happen. And what what... What we call this a lot of times is the Abrahamic 
covenant. Right. So let's deal with something first of all. You said his name was Abram, yes. but I just said Abraham. That's right. Ick. That's What's right. What's going on there? Well, it's the same person. It's just God sovereignly chose to change his name. And his name was changed when he had a son. And that really goes back to the covenant, to the Abrahamic covenant. So he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, and he changed his wife's name from Sarai to Sarah. So when we're talking about Abram, we might accidentally say Abraham. So hopefully you guys will give us some grace if we if we go back and forth between those two those two names. It's the same person we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Abraham means father of a multitude. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the Lord did that in as a result of the promise. So let's let's talk about this covenant that God established. So before we get into to the Abrahamic covenant, we should deal with a covenant. And the example you started with, Billy, was actually a, a good example of what a covenant is. A covenant isn't really a promise. That's not really what it is. Mm-hmm. It includes a promise, but a covenant is actually a relationship that's formed. And a lot of times people will, will say, and I mean, I'm not, I don't want to bicker over this, but people will say that marriage is a covenant. And there's some truth to that, but there's also some things that, that really don't line up completely. I mean, it's a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. includes a promise, mm-hmm. okay? But a covenant, biblically speaking, is always between a, a, a greater party and a lesser party. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, again, a marriage is a, is a covenant relationship, but we, you know, we, we get into some difficulty and we start establishing one is greater and one is lesser. And that's where, um, you know, I would, I would separate a little bit from a biblical covenant mm-hmm. because a biblical covenant is a relationship between a greater party, God, and a human, in this case, Abraham. Mm-hmm. And it is a relationship that is formed. Mm-hmm. And the relationship is established by the greater party. He says, this is what we're going to have. I'll do this, and you do that, and that it will form our relationship. And I guess man had a choice. Do I want to submit to this relationship or not? And I mean, it's a lot like right, you guys right. with your gang, right? You know, he—I don't know what I would—I think he would call it a fleecing of a younger person, <laughs> but uh, uh, I would call it a, a club, a gang, a this a team. older kid offered mm-hmm. you a relationship, and all you gotta do is pay him a quarter, and he'll be your friend. Mm-hmm. But he violated it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we see it. I was desperate for friends as a kid. Okay. (laughs) I was willing to pay for my friendship. Okay. Anything. The quarter's fine. (laughs) Well, I mean, didn't your dad always tell you there was always one weirdo in a group? That's exactly right. My dad said whenever you walk into a crowd, there's always one weirdo in the crowd. Hmm. But every time I walked in to that crowd, I could never find him. You could never find him. I kept looking around. I could never find that one weirdo. (laughs) But Uh, as we go, as you know, we're obviously jesting, but as we go back to the Genesis 12, really 15, we we see that there's a a couple different times in the passage, in these chapters, this covenant is is referenced. So I think it'd be good for us to talk about what are the terms of this covenant of this relationship of this of the yeah we could yeah. say this covenant relationship mm-hmm. and what are the meanings of the terms and really what is that what what's the, the getting the nuts and bolts of what's the whole process and, right. and the deeper deeper not just uh, on the surface but deeper of the whole process. Well, and so. that's and and why don't you be ready to read, to read for us Genesis twelve one to three and so let's just set the context here of what has happened. God has created man, 
man has sort of demonstrated his sinfulness mm-hmm. repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And the Lord in Genesis chapter 11, he spread the people by mm-hmm. changing their languages, right. remember? So now we've got all these different people just kind of spreading over the whole earth, mm-hmm. separated into different nations, different people groups, different languages. You know, it's it's a it's a hodgepodge, potpourri mess right. on the planet. Right. And then God speaks to one man, Abram, and begins this special relationship with him. Why don't you read it for us? And this is what it says. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I'm really glad you got that one little word you missed there for just I, a I second. I know, I was like, ah! Yeah, because it's in, very important. It is. That's a Maybe the most important, well, I don't know about most important, but it is crucial. What was that word? That And in you. In you. Okay. when I said that, I was like, oops! <laughs> I got to make sure I put that one in there. That was good emphasis. <laughs> so, so let's talk about these terms of this covenant. So yeah, again, what's this it, is a relationship. Yeah, what is he, what's... If this relationship that he is, that God is designing with Abram specifically, what things are in the terms? Well, first of all, remember, Abram is an old man now. Yeah, he's 75 years old. Okay, so he's an older guy, mm-hmm. all right? And and him and his wife, Sarai, mm-hmm. how many children do they have? All together? Yeah. Round numbers? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero, all right. And God promises them that he's going to do three things. What are those three? He's going to... Um, He's going to make from him a great nation. All right. He's. Let me see. Let me let me look at it here again. Yeah, a great he gives nation. Him, he gives. He says, "I'm going to have people descend from you. Yeah, have people come from you. They're childless. Yeah, they, they're and they're old. Seventy five years old. And remember, we're not at the time where people are living to be nine hundred years of age. This right. Li- things are different now. That's right. If you look at Genesis eleven. Uh, that you can see the age is decreasing quickly yeah. from like 600, 400 down to 200 and yeah. 100. It's much you know, closer so, to where it is right now. Right, very much so. 75 years of age, I will make you into a people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a great nation. What else? And he also said, I'll give you a place. Okay. I'll give you a place. Yeah, and you know? it's gonna. he's going to do this thing. And you see it in Genesis 12, you see it in Genesis 15, you see it in Genesis 17, this covenant that's reiterated over, reiterated over and over and over. Going to make this nation. It's going to be great. Okay. And then the third thing is this promise. Is that he will be blessed, but more importantly, that in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yeah, yeah. So the way we say it is, and you got to go to Genesis 15 to get the real land right. part. This is okay? the, actually Genesis 12 and 15 and, and some 17. other places it gives a just a little bit more information about what this the total promise and stuff. Yes. So so the way we package it a people, a mm-hmm. place and a promise. Mm-hmm. That's this relationship that God has established with Abram. I will make from you a people so that's a descendants, okay, that are, that are going to, he says in Genesis 15, look what he says about the number of descendants. He said, he brought him outside. God brings Abram outside, so they're in a tent. He brings him outside. He says, look toward heaven, number the stars. If you were able to number them, so shall your offspring be. Mm-hmm. He has no mm-hmm. children at this point. I, yeah, it's probably an amazing thing to hear. Mm. 
that that's going to happen. Yeah, and then, so in Genesis 15, again, as Billy has already read Genesis 12, what's happening now is... As Abram is is kind of growing his relationship with the Lord and his understanding of who God is, God's revealing more about this relationship. So in Genesis 15, verse 7, now he talks about this place, this place that God is going to, part of this relationship mm-hmm. is God is going to give Abram this place. He describes it. He says, I'm going to give you this land to possess and and he makes this promise and in Genesis 17 it's even it's even sort of delineated even more where we see how God is going to bless him with a place now something interesting about Abram is everywhere he goes what does he do well from that point he leaves and he travels and everywhere he goes he builds an altar to the Lord yeah so when he goes into a new land he stops erects an altar to honor God mm. and so the Lord has promised now a place where that would happen. And Genesis 12 makes it real clear in the that verse that you read, in verse number three, this promise that through Abram, the whole world, all the families of the earth in him shall be blessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we know now, because we can we have our New Testament to read back and understand more than what probably even Abraham even mm-hmm. did. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. What do we know now about that promise as we, far as the, the promise he made to Abram? We know that that blessing that's come through the lineage of Abraham is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So this is a significant moment. It's easy to kind of just drive past Genesis 12 because, for one thing, it's familiar. Uh, another thing is it's really kind of strange to some of the things. Yeah. Like We're going to talk about something in a minute that is really very different than anything you ever see in our culture. But this Genesis 12 is... I mean, this is the basis of everything that we have right now mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, we said it's a people. We are a people that are blessed because of the descendants of Abram. Mm. I mean, there's a pretty important descendant of Abram that's very important to us today. Yes. His name? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He is he's a descendant of Abram. And that is the one, this people that God is going to raise up. So we looked at what exactly is involved on on God's side, the terms that are laid out that God lays out to Abram. And we've delved jumped in a little bit of the meaning, but I think we're going to get into it really deeply when we come back from the break. And we'll talk about the whole process too, which will also help us understand even more so the meanings behind it and the emphasis and how it impacts us. Yeah, We'll be right back and uh, just stay tuned. Uh, Take a little break here and uh, we'll continue to talk about Abraham or Abram, whichever you choose. Centerpoint Bible Church exists to point others to Jesus Christ in His Word, and we want to encourage you to come out and visit us sometime. We're presently meeting at Faith Christian Academy. Our service is at 9.30, and our focus hour starts at 11 o'clock. You can get information on our website at centerpointwv.org. Thanks for listening, and we pray that you would seek after Jesus. Well, hey, thanks for sticking with us as we're talking about the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12, really Genesis 12 to 17. We've established some things about the terms 
of this covenant, this relationship that God has designed with Abram at the time. So uh, we talked about how I got $25 taken from me because- 25 cents. Oh yeah, 25 cents. But as a kid, it seemed like $25. <laughs> That's right. 25 cents in, the, in a promise, an oath, a covenant, a pact that got disintegrated. Uh, so let's think about you, Lowell. Have you ever had a time where you made a promise- in this kind of relationship, and it didn't work out. Hmm? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I have. I have a confession to make. Good. I like to hear these. <laughs> so when I was a, when I was a probably middle schooler, um, a big thing in my hometown was the 4-H. Do you guys have 4-H around yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. You know, we have 4-H Road and Camp Frame. Okay. And stuff yeah, like that, yeah. So I went to two 4-H meetings. Okay. Two. Yeah. All right. The very first one I ever went to, I get there, we have this meeting, it's kind of boring, but you may have this meeting, talk about things that we could do. And you have to like do a blood pact or something? Well, not quite. At the end of the meeting, they tell us that we're going to have a fundraiser. Okay. And they pass out these two boxes. Okay. One box, well, they both contain 24 items. One box of 24 plain M&Ms and one box of peanut. Oh, 24 okay. peanut M&Ms. Okay. And the deal was you're supposed to sell them. Sure, sure. To bring back the money the next. Yeah. So I took those things home. Now, I, I'll be honest with you. I had no intention of really going and selling them. I just, I was going to just take them all back. Whatever you didn't sell, sure, you brought back, sure. you know, in a okay. month. But I put them in my closet. And it's like the telltale heart, you know, they were calling out my name. Crunch, 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 <laughs> crunch, 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 crunch. And I remember going in there and opening up the box and I could see those peanut M&Ms in there. And when you open the door, the waft oh, of chocolate the smell probably. of that chocolate. <laughs> and I remember, I can remember the first box that I took and ate. I took and partook and ate the whole box. And that then started a month of M&Ms. Oh, gosh. Over the next 30 days, I ate all 48 you didn't boxes. sell. You didn't sell I a didn't single sell box? I didn't sell a single one, but I ate every single one of them. Now, how many boxes was it? It was 48 boxes. Oh, my $48. goodness. dollars what, what happened? Oh. Is this the is this the, the only the second, the only time you ever went back the second time before H? <laughs> And somehow my mom knew that we were supposed to bring the the boxes of M&Ms back. And she asked me, you know, had I sold any? And I had to confess that I'd eaten them all. Oh, my goodness. So my parents had to pay $48 to the 4-H. So I, I had to go. They that's made a lot me of go. money back then. Yeah. I mean, that's back in the 1900s. Yeah. That's you could buy joke. You could buy a car with that. <laughs> yeah. I had to go back to that meeting and admit oh, man, that I'd that eaten them all. Yeah. But I had made a promise and I violated it. Yeah. You've never done that. I mean, you've only had people do that to you. You've always kept your word, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, my story was about me being duped. At least yours, you were the duper. Oh, yeah, that's so much I was better. The, I was the right. dupee. So God had established this relationship with Abraham, and, it, and part of it was a promise that God made, mm -hmm. that God would make Abram into a people, that he would give him a place, and through him... He made this promise to bless the whole world. Right. Now, a covenant relationship, though, it, this was a, we call this a grant covenant, an unconditional covenant. God mm -hmm. said, this is what I'm going to do. All I ask of you is one thing, Abram, one thing only. Mm -hmm. It's in Genesis 17, verse number one. 
When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Well, there's different types there. You, you know, you, you went over it briefly, but there's, as I see it, two different types of covenant, a conditional and unconditional. Uh-huh. The conditional one we would call bilateral. Two people have to, yeah. make, have to ha- keep, keep their sides. And this one, we would consider it an unconditional or a grant, a grant covenant. But it seems a little bit like a bilateral one well, when you look at it. Well, it's not. It's it, here's the difference. It wasn't like Abram had to do this, or God wouldn't keep his promise. But this is still the expectation okay. of Abraham. Mm-hmm. He's going to have this relationship, and he must. Part of this relationship is him to be blameless. Right. What's blameless mean? Without blame. Without, yeah, without sin, without problem. Per- perfect, really. Perfection. This is what Abram is to bring to the table. Ay, ay, ay. That's a problem. It is a problem because when we read Genesis 12 to 17, <laughs> man, he screwed up a couple times. Yeah. You know, he lied and saying his wife was his sister and, and all this weird stuff. And, you know, and I just, and there's a, a problem because it, pro- when, you, yeah, when you read it, he's not blameless. Right. It's a problem for God. I mean, Abram, and in some ways, it's a problem for God. Yeah, because they're in this relationship, and what's he? What's he going to do? Mm-hmm. So the Lord gives Abram a very tangible picture of how this relationship is going to go, and you find it in Genesis 15. And it's a very it's 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 odd. Okay, so in yeah, Genesis- let's talk about the this whole what it, what's this whole like I don't want to say ritual, but this whole. Um, what, what's a good word for it? I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. A well, I mean, to me, it's process? just a picture. It's a, a covenant. Process? It is. It is a. It's kind of like at in a marriage ceremony when you exchange a ceremony. Rings. Ceremony would be a good one. Like yeah. a ceremony. Right. This is yeah. establishing that we have this relationship, and so there's the thing that happens in Genesis 15 that is that is kind of strange for us because we don't do this anymore. But I'm told that even today. In the Bedouin communities of the Middle East, that they there are still communities that practice this. I'll just read just a little bit about about what here what happens to kind of make this ceremony that that brings this covenant in place. So this is Genesis 15. Yes. Where, what verses are we at? We're going to start at verse number eight, and I'm going to read okay. a little bit. Okay, yep. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Yeah. He's but Abram said, "Oh Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess this promise, mm-hmm. this covenant that you made?" So God's going to give him this ceremony. He says, bring me a heifer, three years old. That's a, that's a female cow that's never given birth. Mm-hmm. A female goat, three years old. A ram, three years old. That's a male goat. A turtle dove and a young pigeon. That's two birds. And he brought him all these. He cut them in half and laid each over half over against the other, but he did not cut the birds in half. And when birds of prey came down the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Mm-hmm. So so give us a picture, Billy. What are you seeing here? So it seems as if we have we have three animals that have been cut in half. Yeah. The heifer, the female goat, and the and the male goat, the ram. Mm. They've been sliced in half and put on either side. Have you ever cut an animal in half? I have. <laughs> I know you have. I know. And what's what's it like when that happens? Well, the first couple cuts, if uh, you know, they're it's pretty it's pretty bloody. Yeah. So you um, so a deer, right, or yeah, squirrel for that matter. I mean, you... the the one good thing about shooting a deer is that the blood drains out of the animal when it dies. So it's a little bit less when you start cutting on it, and you, if you do it a certain way, you do your best to try to make it as as uh, as not messy as possible. 
but there are times where it just is a mess. Yeah. But when I look at this, they're not, they're just literally cutting this animal in half. There's going to be a mess. Yeah. So they take this heifer, they cut her in half. They take the female goat, cut her in half. They take the ram, cut him in half. And then it says that they took the two, the two sets of uh, birds, the pigeon and the turtle dove, and they just kind of set them and yeah. they laid each other in half. So it's pretty, it seems like a really messy process. It's a bloody mess. And we go over it real easily, but birds of prey came down the carcasses. And if you got all that blood and everything, it is going to draw... Uh, what is it called? Not predators, but uh, like vulture type birds that are scavengers. Gonna, scavengers mm-hmm. that are going to come in. Man, what's wrong with my you mind? Go on, today? Keep going. You got um, it. Yeah. But the scavengers would come down and it is basically come to dinner, yeah. you know, and he's got to stand there and defend it. Now, this seems really strange to us. This would not have been strange to Abram. This is this is how a covenant is cut. And that's how that's what that's the verbiage they would use. We're going right. to cut a covenant. Mm hmm. And, and that's what a common happen- vernacular term right there. That's a, a phrase yeah. to cut a covenant. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what would happen is that if you and I were establishing this covenant, suppose we were going to have a gang and you were going to pay a quarter you and then I would be your little, friend. You oh, I can't <laughs> believe you're bringing that up. We would lay these animals the out. The duper and the dupee. Yeah. Okay, go. We'd lay these animals <laughs> out. And if I was the if I was the one, the superior one who, right, who okay. offered this to you, yeah. I would walk through this bloody mess first Mm -hmm. and then you would walk through this bloody mess okay and what that symbolizes is this i me i'm going to be your friend now because you're paying me a quarter um i'm going to be your friend and when i walk through that what i'm saying is if i do not keep my word you can do this to me you can walk through my blood wow that's and then you walk through yeah so, and what are you promising at that point? So I'm guessing that for me it would be if I don't uphold this, give me a quarter, then you can walk <laughs> through my blood. Yeah. Yes. So it's not as clean as we see it here in no. this passage. When when you when you sometimes like people who like biblical scholars will will have people paint pictures of things to kind of give us an image of right, what right. and often this is depicted as kind of like a small little ravine, almost like a ditch. Mm-hmm. And the animals are on each side of the ditch and the blood is is running down uh, into... Mm-hmm. The, you've probably seen this in mm-hmm. Sunday school papers mm-hmm. or other things. And it's a bloody mess and it's sane. Remember, blood is life. Yeah. Y- you can kill me if I don't keep this promise. Mm-hmm. So think about what happens. Well, why don't you read for us verse 17. You got it there? Yeah, verse 17. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold... A smoking fire pot. Okay. Smoking fire pot. What does it do? Just the pot. It passes between the pieces. So Abraham watches this. The smoking pot passes through the blood. And that smoking pot represents the Lord. This mm-hmm. is this is God. I'm going to keep my covenant. I'm going to make you a people. I'm going to give you a place. I'm going to bless the world through you. And now Abraham watches this pot go He's having this like vision. This, yeah, he's you know, thinking this pot, and he's thinking, "I'm up next. I'm up next. This is the this is the this is the agreement. This is how the standard and I'm supposed know, relationship to be begins. Blameless. Yeah. What? Blameless. Abram, if in this covenant, when you cut this covenant, if I don't keep this, then God can stomp on my blood. God can kill me 
If I, that's what this agreement is, that, that I will be blameless. Abraham's probably thinking, I, I can't do that. I mean, we already know, as you've pointed out, he's, he's a mess. Not, yeah, he's not perfect. No. But then, but read the, I stopped you. I didn't let you read the whole that's verse. Right, that's right. Now read it. It says, when the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. And keep reading. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, and then on. Okay. To a bunch of people. And Ray Vanderlaan, you ever heard that name? Ray Vanderlaan. Yeah. Beast. He's an, And we'll put a link in the show notes to, to some teaching he does on this passage. And mm-hmm. a lot of what we're talking about today is flows out of what he shares and the cultural understanding of this, of this mm-hmm. day. He, he, when explaining this, he says, when that flaming torch passed between the pieces, again, representing God, at that moment, God signed the death warrant for his son. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because Abram wasn't going to be blameless. Mm-hmm. He was going to sin. And Abram wasn't forced to cross through. Mm-hmm. God is promising I will bless you. I will, I will, I will fulfill my obligation, and I will fulfill yours. Mm. I will make you blameless. Mm-hmm. I tell you, it's it's overwhelming. It is very it is. It's a lot to take in to think about it in a to think about God, think about His Son's sacrifice in a totally different way looking it through the lens of this covenant with Abram. And the way that that I encourage you to think about is, at this point we see that God walked the line Mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. He walked the line. He, He, knowing that we would not be blameless, he... It's a it's a grant covenant. He's going to keep it. Yeah. The only way that we can have this relationship with him is if we are perfect. Jesus said, "You mm-hmm. be perfect as my Father is perfect." Mm-hmm. That's it. So God has to make us perfect mm-hmm. well, to have t- a relationship he took with both, him. He took both portions of that on Himself to make it unconditional, to make it grant. Because not only did God walk the line, but His Son Jesus bore the blame. Mm. Because Abram was not blameless, so that blood, that that response that needed to happen for breaking that covenant, Jesus took that on himself as blameless, took the blame. Mm. He bore that blame. He bore the the blood guilt. He took took every blow, every, every stomp. He took the full force on himself. For us, every ounce of God's wrath over sin was poured upon the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross. And this shows that God is true, that he is, that he's faithful because he walked that line. He set a standard and he lived by that standard. And then he... Cause us to have the the value of the, living out that standard. The, the benefit, the benefit of this covenant, because it says in remember in Genesis twelve that you know in you blessing of all of, of all the world, 
every nation. And this is because of this, he credits us with righteousness. Mm-hmm. He that we don't earn it. We don't work for it. We don't provide it for ourselves. God gives us the credit. The value of righteousness is given to us. This is what salvation is. Do you ever stop and think about that? If you're listening right now, think about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, and the amount of sacrifice that God allowed himself in his son Jesus to take for us. It's a, it's a, it's a good thing to process through. Thankfully, we have the First Testament in this example, this historical account of Abraham, soon to be a- Abram, soon to be Abraham. Think about that. What can we do in response to it? There's nothing we can do. It is a free gift that we receive, but we have an opportunity to share it with the whole world. Let me read Jesus. Let me read just two verses to wrap this up that do that it. really say what you just said. Yeah. It's in Romans four, mm-hmm. verse two. It says, "For if Abraham, this is him, if he was justified by works, he has something to boast about, mm-hmm. but not before God." Because God knows the truth. Verse number three. For what does scripture say? Abraham believed God Mm -hmm. and it was counted to him as righteousness. Mm -hmm. Or you can think of it as blamelessness. Mm -hmm. That because he believed God, he trusted God, God in this relationship gave him righteousness. Now, it it wasn't just pick it out of the air. Here, you can have it. It was because of what Jesus did Mm -hmm. in dying for our sins. All through Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for listening to us today. And if you missed anything, you can check out our show notes on centerpointwv.org. And uh, it was really good spending time with you. And just remember, we're nothing fancy. We're nothing fancy. But we want to be real, just like Jesus is. (laughs) 